This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15. Why don't you? People do. You'd be surprised. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Uh, cheaper. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Free. Morning. So, <laughs> morning. 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 Airbist. I beg your pardon. It's, it's a black country. Oh, I love that. How best? I think it comes. Uh, I think there were many Germanic settlers in the Black Country, and so uh, "best" is, of course, a German word. It means "how are you." When you say "of course," I mean Pierre would have known that clearly. <laughs> well, I, I imagine that you knew a German actor. You, you're not wrong. <laughs> when you were a kid. Yes, I had an uncle. You were Cla- friends with Eric von Strollheim. <laughs> oh, I had an uncle, Klaus. Oh, did you? you okay. Oh. Yeah, he lived in Hamburg. Thank you. Well, that back seems to... like the right place mm. for him. Frank, back to Frank Skinner in the studio. Talking of which, mm. Pierre, mm. I had a little treat this week, oh, Sunday, yeah. thinking, what shall I do? Turn on the TV. Who's there? Only Frank. Mm. <gasps> Only Frank. That's a new website. I don't yeah. website. Um, <laughs> Only Franks. Yeah. <laughs> Only Franks. <laughs> you, you were great on it. Thanks. <laughs> you sound. I'm waiting. Bit... I'm waiting for the payoff. No, there's Sun- no Sunday, payoff. Sunday brunch. There's no Sunday payoff. brunch. Yeah. Yeah. But what I like about Frank is he says, this is what he said, Pierre. Mm. He's being interviewed by Simon and Tim, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Your mate, Simon. Yeah, Simon. <laughs> he is my mate now. T- um, oh, um, Emily was on a train and Simon <laughs> was in her seat. Oh. We've become very close pals yes. now on the social re- media. The, the reservation king. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I liked was that Frank said at the end of the interview, can I just say, and I thought, what's he going to say? I do a brilliant podcast. I oh, know, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't <laughs> have said brilliant. <laughs> Some said, things you have to keep in, in, in the head. He you said, know. can I just say, I do a brilliant podcast. It's <laughs> called the Poetry Podcast. And they went, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. He said, yeah, honestly, you really should listen to it. It's really good. No, well, they, they forgot to mention it. <laughs> and sometimes people need just need a little G-op. But that's good. I, that, that justifies any n- number of words like brilliant, though, just for the sheer joy of saying, you've ruined this, <laughs> no. you forgetful fools. No, it's easily done. Rubs but, it uh, in. Um, no, I, it, was, uh, it was a very pleasant interview, but, you know, I mean, I'm there to sell my wares. <laughs> yes, How much cool. as you love brunch and Sundays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> food was great, actually. When I've been on it oh, before, yeah. the food has been, I think, mediocre. But on this particular uh, week, it was uh, splendid. Well, can I tell you what else Frank said? Please. Is when they said, uh, well, Frank, you've, uh, you know, when you've been, you've dated, you know, people a lot in the past. And Frank said, Yes, I've, of course I've been out with a lot of women. I'm old and famous. <laughs> <laughs> that was a reasonable explanation, I great. thought. Yeah. How did you find... He made some friends. He made a lovely friend, Spencer, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, well, I've worked with Spencer recently on The One Show. Spencer, what's his surname? Don't Matthews. ever ask me that <laughs> kind of thing on air. <laughs> He's from Maiden Chelsea. He's from Maiden Chelsea. And he's teetotal. Yes. 
I thought the four years he's done. Oh, yeah, and he's he has um, he's used it as a springboard to launch a, a non-alcoholic spirits range. Yes, I never thought of that. Well, I didn't. I don't know if I could have done that in uh, 1986 when I packed up because I was unknown. Maybe a fragrance. <laughs> Why didn't you launch a non-alcoholic drink, Frank? Oh no. Why not? Because some, ultimately, some sort of bovril. Even I think that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember being. You know, I remember drinking as being brilliant. Mainly, yeah. that's why I, I didn't do it. Michael Parkinson interviewed me once, and it's one of those when, when you're on the Parkinson show, there was a moment when the camera used to really close in on your face, and then he would ask you questions that he hoped would make you cry. Uh. And he said, "So you had real uh, terrible problems with drink, didn't you?" I said, "Well, there was problems, but obviously, mainly it was brilliant, or I wouldn't have kept on doing it for so long." And he was saying, "No, no, but you did have problems," and I said. Uh, yeah, you know, but I mean, uh, you know, if everything, every every brilliant thing you do has like side effects, and, and he got really angry, <laughs> really like Yorkshire angry. <laughs> well, you're joining with this or not? I got oh dear. <laughs> and there's a terrible moment. Um, I, I'd love it this week on Yorkshire angry. Well, when I watched it go out, there's a terrible moment when the camera widens again. <laughs> They've given up on me. Oh. No tears today. <laughs> oh, no tears. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, can I just say, we've also had a lot of people getting in touch. They saw, including Jim, uh, James Five Egbert, as he calls himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you say, oh, yeah. No, I don't know him. But... Uh, can we please hear more about Frank's recent meeting with the legendary and much-loved Stato? There was a photograph this week posted of you, David Deal, and Stato. It was a reunion photo. Had a lot of people getting in touch about that, enjoying that moment. Yes, well, it was... Um, we, Me and Dave were all set to go to Stockport on Monday to go and see Stato. And then... Um, has fate would have it. Um, he was asked to do um, fantasy football this mm. week. Fantasy football, as you know, goes on without us, like a riderless horse. So, um, uh, so with a, we were not dragged behind it, though. You know, you know that when that happens in the films, when you've still got your foot in the stirrup. Oh, oh don't! All, that's uh, a real phobia of mine. Oh, horrible. Yeah. So anyway, um, they asked him to do the last one. So um, thank God. We hadn't bought the tickets in advance for the train. Yes. So, um, yeah, so we went and seen him and we had a fabulous lunch, me, Dave and Stato, like like the old days. It was brilliant, actually. And um, I remembered how much I loved him. Not that I'd really forgotten, but well, there was lots of man-hogging going oh, on and stuff. It was, uh, it was great. But it has not changed one iota. In that every story he tells you has a sport thing in it so he say um, yeah so I went to uh, Portugal I'll tell you what it was it was when um, do you remember Peter Hustaus had that fantastic round in the open it was it was no I don't remember that <laughs> and everything is tied to that I remember um, yeah I was, I was with um, I was with a friend of mine it was just uh, just after um, the um, Usain Bolt blah blah it's incredible. So he just his life is through the prism of sport. He's like a sports almanac. 
He's measured out his life through league tables. <laughs> yes. And there's no, nothing wrong with that. No, he knows. He does know a lot. By the way, on um, one thing I didn't say on air... Um, which got my perhaps my best laugh of the was day. Was this on Sunday brunch? On Sunday mm-hmm. brunch was there was a bit where um, um, two two chef Simon Rimmer and um, Tim Lovejoy. No, oh the other chef, yeah, Fred. You the French, the handsome French. Oh, man. Fred Sirius. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they, he's a sommelier. Yeah. They're both well, yeah. They but they both talked about you know about being a chef, about being a restaurateur. But they inter- they sort of interviewed each other, the way it worked. And I said to uh, those who could hear me, I uh, I said, uh, this is going to be B-Tech hospitality management for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which got, um, went well on the table, but I didn't feel I could say it on air. It seemed a bit undermining. Well- well, when you say it seemed a bit undermining, <laughs> yeah. about three minutes in, when people were asking each other questions, they were asking the guests, when were you first on TV? Frank interrupted and said, well, this is good television, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well. People just talking about when they were first. And I got a bat here at that point. I nearly turned it off. It's I just think. helping people. Ruth Jordan, sorry, I won't go on about Sunday brunch all morning, but just to say Ruth Jordan has been in touch. On Sunday brunch, it felt like Frank had the other guests hanging on his every word, well, giving advice on things like packing to go on tour. <laughs> Perhaps he could turn these tips into a new book called Old and Famous. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I'm, I like the title, but I don't like the content. <laughs> um, tips. It's like those people who write to me and say, "I'm writing a book about um, stand-up comedy. Could you write a chunk for me to put in it about really? your views?" And I think, hold, hold on, who, who's writing the book again? <laughs> really? Yeah. And people often write to you and say, can you write a thing for the book I'm writing? I'm going to send emails to the various heads of physics at university. So I'm writing a book about physics. Can yeah, you just exactly. I'm compiling. Compiling is the word they're reaching for. <laughs> By the way, there's something I've noticed from my appearances on, um, on uh, Sunday Brunch. SB. There's something that I do that I've never seen another guest do. Well, More of that later. <gasps> Absolute Radio. So yes, I the only person I've seen on um, Sunday brunch who always takes a toothpick. You are, uh, yeah, uh. and I think that's madness because to eat food often um, with green stuff in it mm. and then be interviewed seems to me a dangerous game. Yeah. Well. Why is the UK so under-toothpicked? I really don't... I mean, when you get... I've had a lot of um, teeth removed. I, I don't know if I've told you oh, this that's before. Attractive. My first three trips to the dentist, I had 16 teeth out. <laughs> and... Um, I, don't, I didn't even know one had 16 teeth. Yeah, well, some of them, I think, must have been milkies, but um, if the whole right side of my head I'm chewing on gum... <laughs> Nevertheless, um, my teeth over the years have uh, noticed um, that they're um, 
comrades haven't just gone for a toilet break. They've gone forever. And Maybe they've moved sometime. over. They've moved over a bit. Yes, yeah. You know when you get a half-empty bus and school children will sometimes sit on a double seat each? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's like that. I'm still recovering from you referring to your teeth as comrades. Well, no, they're comrades. So, um... Yeah, so I've got my my teeth are sort of operate like a toast rack. Mm. <laughs> They've made neat little <laughs> slots for the food to sit snugly. Yes, yes. In. And so I've I have to have and if I'm on a program like that, I have to I have to toothpick after every um, every little snack, eh? Did the others do? No, they don't. Maybe with young people they don't have the gaps. Well there there aren't many Things. Well, they've all got the veneers now as yeah, well, you see. That's true. Does that, do they not have gaps? A 12, 15. They close yes. them in. I'm intrigued. Does it make it... Yeah, you close all your gaps down, Frank, with the, uh, the faux teeth. They close oh. them in, your teeth and gaps. Mm. So that's what you no, need. No food packing. If Maybe there is. you should get veneers. It might mm. save you on the toothpicks. I don't want to... I can't get... Uh, I might get a vermeer. Why yeah. can't you get veneers, <laughs> <on> Frank? <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't you? Just out of interest. Um... Because, as it says um, in the New Testament, you don't um, put old wine in new wineskins, nor nor do you um, patch an old robe with new material, oh, because it will just tear at the joint. <laughs> you also, actually, I remember you once said, well, that's bad news for me. Um, Frank, I remember you once said, I wouldn't do it because uh, I think comedy is truth. Well, yes, I yes. think there is something in that. I, yes. I can't think of any comedians on telly who've had things like air transplants or their teeth whitened. No. And there's a reason for that. Because uh, comedy is truth. Speaking of truth, I went to Moss Bros oh. uh, this week to get measured up for my investiture outfit. Ah, tails. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to if you give me a chance. <laughs> as I as I beckon to you, tails, <laughs> yeah, tails. Just, yeah, occasionally. <laughs> like a medieval <laughs> feudal oh. tails. Yeah, like I'm the bard. The bard has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Tails. I think Come, more tails. I think you'll find the fool. I occasionally nowadays have to use a prompt. Forgive me. Tails. Come. So um, yes, I I. Um, I went into Moss Bros to get measured up for my um, yeah my investiture being the day I get my MBE, which mm. is approaching quickly. Um, I'll tell you what happened after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, could you please tell us about your investiture? Well, not the investiture so much. That doesn't happen until next month. However. Um, I already have my. Uh, I had a thing to say I can park at Buckingham Palace. Come through. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Any road up. Um, you have to photocopy that. I, as I've spoken about this on the show before, I've got a big head. Yeah. I mean, a big head. And uh, 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 you may recall a wardrobe woman said to me that along with ben, ben, me and Benny Hill had got the um, biggest heads in show business. Mm that she'd worked on and yes. she'd been in it for years so um, I went to Moss Bros and uh, I said there's going to be a problem with the hat he said there won't be a problem don't worry we've got a large range of hats I said there will be a problem yep. he said no we have all shapes and sizes in here I said okay yep. just remember this conversation 
<laughs> so we tried the other stuff on, all fine. And then we got to the hat, and they all they just sit on top of me, like um, you know those men that used to little animated figures that used to laugh at um, seaside resorts. You ever see them? You press oh, a button yes. and they laugh. And they used to have like a tiny hat that just sat on the top. Just at a sort of jaunty angle. Yeah. Yeah. Porky Pig, I think, occasionally. Yes, in Porky the... Pig. And also, I think there was a vogue for ladies wearing them with sort of tutus in a slight sort of rock video oh, oh, I like you know the sound. What, Hazel O'Connor kind of a setup. <laughs> no, yeah. it was more... Do you know what I it's mean? The, it's a, a bit more pussycat dolls. Maybe. Oh, it's a right, bit right. Don't You Wish. OK. So anyway... Anyway... What um, did they say when you put the hat on? He said, uh, the guy said to me... Um, OK, so... <laughs> well, I've measured your head. He got the, the tape measure out. Did mm. you go footballer's tents? Uh, he, so he's measured the head and he said to me, right, your size is... Um, 71 stroke 2. Yeah. That's your size. Mm. I said, 71 stroke? I said, I think that uh, says seven and a half. And he says, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I said... <laughs> the I faith said, drains from you. Like I'm, water I'm, from a shot okay, barrel. Okay, I've got concerns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and shot pretty low yeah. as well. <laughs> So I said, um, seven and a half, I said, that won't be big enough. He yeah. said, no, that's, exactly. that, that's, that. that's the size that caught. I said, well, look, here's the seven and a half. I've already tried it on, and I put it up. There it's uh, <laughs> on top of my head. Uh, Mr. Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a sort of I cabaret. I might as well have what, exactly. Yeah. Republic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a, more like a hair slide than a hat. Yeah, fascinating. So oh, I said, there's a seven and a half. That it will not do. Oh, we've all And he that. said, well, look, you know, we, we can get anything in Moss Bros. And I said, my, my personal assistant was with me. And she said, well, I've got, I've got a note from the last um, show he did where mm. he wore a hat. It says... Um, Lynn with Alan Partridge. <laughs> it says, call the, call the police, do not yeah. sell this man a hat. Exactly. <laughs> he will ruin you. Yes. It says... Um, Eight people are now living in that hat. <laughs> um, no, it says um, in a fairy tale grotto in the north of England. But anyway, they said, he said, oh, she said, um, she said, he said, she said, according to my records, they say eight and one eighth to eight and a quarter. And he said, um, well, we only go up to eight. <gasps> That's the maximum at Moss mm. Bros. And I said, well, I'm going to have to sleep in a Von Toos <laughs> on the lead-up. And I don't know if you know what it means, but he didn't. <laughs> um, I, I, I suggested I might uh, need to tighten my fontanelle <laughs> if I've got any chance of getting it on. All barren... Land. He was a lovely man, but what could he do? No. He wanted to help me, but there was a glass ceiling of size eight. Yeah. Well, so what's going to happen with the hat? I'm going to go for size eight. You're not. I am. I'm stepping in. But I here's won't. the plus. There it, what? I was looking a little ahead, if you'll pardon the pun, to Ascot when I tried the hat, I've now discovered that at the investiture, you don't wear a hat. You just uh, wear the lower regions. Uh, so I've got oh, time. Donald Duck. I've got time um, to 
steadily tighten the bandana. Yeah. The way Victorian women used to uh, develop a trim waist. Do they? Do, is there sort of a no hat thing to save the sovereign's arm? Sort of an extra. I foot think of it's when you bow, you must sword. get fed up of um, being banged on the toes <laughs> by falling top hats. So no, so that I'm off with that one. Ascot. Well, we'll see how it goes. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Here's a thing. A very good friend of mine was telling me that her uh, her other um, close friend um, resolved that um, this year she, she was. Um, not going to get out of the way of anyone in the street. No. <laughs> that was her. I was not um, expecting that to be. Do you know no. where you were heading? I love this friend. Whoever yes. they are, it's it's a, a a woman, and she said she just got fed up of people just walking straight at her, and she felt. And I don't know about you, but I've had this feeling that it's always me who moves out the way. Yeah. That no one else ever seems, and some people. They don't even give you the angle. You know, you get the angle when there's two people passing each other. You go slightly diagonal to... You've got to open it up. Some people, they just keep walking straight, wide-shouldered, face on. And in the end, you have to sometimes do a very last-minute further swivel to let them Mm. through. And I don't just mean, like, um, you know, thick-necked men. Obviously, they do it. But I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. So she has resolved um, that that's it. This year, she's going to do that, walk directly through for a year and see what happens. <laughs> I love it. Um, wow. Well, do you know, interestingly enough, I mean, I say interesting. I have we'll, com- we'll be the judge of well, that. Right. <laughs> I will deliver it with such confidence no, that I might sell it. I'm, I'm confident What I would too. say, I've... I did this. I didn't make... There was no resolution involved. No. I just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I get a gentleman or a lady, noisy runners, I feel it's gratuitous. I feel it's a performative noise they make. They go, ah, ah. Yeah. Mm. I react with a slight shriek. <laughs> and um, I've heard him. Come on, give us your story. I did straight. it the other day. So can you be the jogger, Pierre? If you don't mind, I suspect okay. you can do it. You know, what, sort of overexerting. Yes. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Now that is, I've heard Emily do that in, in all sorts of occasions. Yes. I did it the other day, and I realised I was doing it quite regularly because there were a lot of joggers. It was yes. early in the morning, and. I thought it felt so liberating. I thought, you're giving me noise, I'll give it yeah, you right it's like back. when you... I've seen that happen in uh, professional tennis, <laughs> is that one yes. person serves with a grunt and after a bit, the other one thinks, oh, two can play at this game. <laughs> uh, especially the doubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, that's, um, that's um, a good idea. Oh, OK. Are you going to stick with it? Anyway, look, what interesting regimes have you committed to, um, 8, 12, 15? Mm. I don't mean things like um, the National Socialists in 1930s Germany. Nothing I mean things, impressive. No, things no. that you've resolved to do, like uh, the year of <laughs> not getting out of the way. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. Text this show on 8.12.15. Follow... Oh, no, 8.5.
No, sorry. Uh, text the show on 81215. <laughs> Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. If you didn't get that joke, you should have tuned in earlier. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> okay, have we heard from uh, Lamond Alfresco? Lovely. Mm. Kirsty Eastwood has been like in touch. Like it, like it so far. Mm. You would. Yeah. Oh. But she's had that her whole life. Old yeah. Eastwood reference, um, yeah. But with Kirsty, sort of Clint's English cousin. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. You can get American Kirsties, do you? What about uh, Kirsty Alley? Alley? The late, yeah. late Kirsty uh, Alley. Kirsty Alley. Uh, Frank, you were referencing uh, things you've resolved not. And a, I don't forget her brother, Chemical. <laughs> Frank. Anyway, carry on. I mean, heaven's sake. You. Uh, talked about a friend of yours and her resolution, just to recap, Yeah, was... she's entered into a regime of a year of not getting out of the way for people because she's fed up of people just walking into her. Do you know that's a good book? I'd read that. The Year mm. of Not Getting Out of the Way. Can yeah. I say, if anyone's thinking of doing it, she has met some antagonism already, mm. of especially men, angry mm. men who, who um, mark their status by making people get out of the way. Furious blokes. Furious so, blokes. Woman, woman getting in my way. <laughs> I have a regime to shriek in response to any joggers mm. yes. who are performatively huffing and puffing. Mm. So Kirsty Eastwood has been in touch. I resolve not to move too, much like your friend, Frank. Oh. After I did it for a family of five who took up the full path and weren't budging. Yeah, I know. I tripped down a pothole and tore the ligaments in my ankle. Oh my! Please don't tell me that this text is from that pothole where she still resides <laughs> on help. Kirsty says it didn't last long. I'm now back to moving out of the way again. Yeah. Uh, but a, a lot of a lot of people texting in or, or messaging in about not just a regime, the very same regime. This is oh. clearly a national... This is a thing. ...plague. It's interesting. The thing I've talked about before is that when you talk about something like this, you never hear from the people who don't get out of the way. <laughs> yes. You want to hear from the people who do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've also heard from Emma543. Oh. And uh, she says, Morning, team. I've resolved to stop bringing my neighbour's bin in as it's never reciprocated. Liberating and petty. (laughs) That's the name of my solicitors. (laughs) Um, That is... um, I like it. I can see, I can absolutely see how one arrives at that. I get it, Pierre. I've took their bin in three weeks, not a thank you, and then my bin was left out. I can see that. Really? That's a thought process, mine wasn't. I get my bins in fast. I was going to say. I don't like them. I'll tell you why I don't like them out there. It's because passers-by seem to think they're little bins. Yes. Oh, when I see a rogue pizza box... Well, I don't mind a pizza box because... You don't mind a pizza box? They make me sick. I've had... had, Get this. (laughs) I've had non-recyclable things put in my recycling Mm -hmm. bin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, no wonder the planet's on fire. <laughs> I'm going to put a dead polar bear on the bin and say, OK, go ahead and, yeah. Look and your hand is on this beast's jugular. Look, look at its lifeless eyes before yes. you consider this crisp packet. I tell you, maybe it wouldn't make any difference. No. Well, I have school children walk past my house and they leave terrible sweet packets everywhere. Um, this, as, as Frank said on... Uh, as, anyway, Grandma, I know. we're going now. As Frank said... How <laughs> oh, dare you? If I'm Grandma, what does that make you for pity's sake? Well, say? I know, but I don't mind children eating sweets. I do. I do. That's because you got one. I know. I think I'm your Bob Cratchit. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> they throw them on the floor, these do people. They? I don't like that. I don't no, like it. I don't approve of that. I mean, some of that. I mean, and you never know on those things. Can you recycle a Hello Panda packet? <laughs> I couldn't find anything on it. Hello Panda, I'm next to my goodbye polar bear. Frank, um, oh, I'm sorry, sticker. we're going to go now. I know we're going to go to the break, but just briefly, Howard Greater. Yeah. Um, I won't be going to any destination weddings. None. Others' nuptials will not decide, this is all in caps, where and when my holiday will be. And I'm sorry, but I will not budge on this. Wow. That's Howard Grayton. No, I can see that. I can see that. I'm very angry about having to go to Egham. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the producer's wedding is, in case you're wondering. Frank Skinner. Regarding um, Frank, your comment that we never hear from the people who don't get out the way or do yeah. the, do these terrible things. <laughs> yes. I did a, a, a comedy club gig the other day, as I'm wont to do, and I saw people in the crowd pointlessly filming bits of the set, sort of very ostentatiously, oh, sort of in the way of the people behind them, uh, t- fully turning around in their seats to chat to some of the people who they came with, who were sat behind them during the show, and cackling loudly in the middle of setups, not at the comedian, but about things that they were just whispering to mm. each other. And I realised throughout the course of the evening that this was all the same person, uh, or the same two people doing these things. Right. I think the reason we don't hear from them is that all of this behaviour <laughs> isn't spread. It's concentrated in these sort of um, nodes yes. of antisocialness. I wonder if they... Uh, that sounds like another comedian. I always think if someone's filming the show, it's another comedian <laughs> trying to get some gold. Yeah. <laughs> but these yeah. people were just doing it for themselves, like the people yeah. who film fireworks displays. Yeah, that is... Have I done that? I don't think I have. I'm not going to tell you now anyway. Now you've said that. Yeah. Make me look stupid. <laughs> I don't like fireworks displays. No. I, as you know, I laugh like a drain at fireworks displays and I've never quite worked out why. But I really... Mm. Can you imagine me with my feelings about noise? It's just me standing in a field going, ah! Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah what about that noise? <laughs> Und- under fire. Did you watch um, Nolly? I did no. not. It was a drama about Noel Gordon, who was a woman who starred in a Midlands-based soap opera called mm. Crossroads, which we never missed when I was a child. Mm. And um, when I saw it advertised, I had a flashback to our mirror that was over the um, 
We had a mirror that had sort of Regency ironwork around it, sort of <laughs> curling metal things. When you said our mirror, I thought that was a, a sibling I didn't know. <laughs> no, <about>. no. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was a mirror we had over the, the fireplace, so okay. the central family. It might have been the only mirror we had in the house. Nevertheless, um, it had, like, leaves as part of the uh, oh, decoration, metal yeah. leaves. Foliage, yeah, I know the And time. it meant that you could tuck things behind it. And there was two things tucked on our mirror. One of them was a signed black and white postcard of Noel Gordon, which where my mum had seen her opening a supermarket and she'd sign this thing. And the other one was a pound note signed by Ginger Baker, the drummer from <laughs> Cream. Right. And it just made me wonder, uh, as a texting... What celebrity memorabilia did your parents have when you were growing up? <laughs> 8, 12, 15. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, you asked what I thought was quite a fine question, which was uh, what memorabilia, celebrity memorabilia uh, specifically, did yes. your parents have? Yeah, I wouldn't ask you that question. No, obviously. No, I, once saw your da- I once saw your dad's address book, <laughs> which was pretty remarkable. <laughs> so, so um, and we had a rule, as my mother said, never ask friends for autographs. No, quite right. So, 747, two Frank Skinner programme. Mm, nice. Yeah. My dad had a cigarette from Hugo Gagarin's. Yuri Gagarin. Yeah, he said. I thought it was that Yuri Gagarin. Um, He kept in the china cabinet for years until it finally fell to bits. Was it it smoked by him? Was it a a dog end? I presume so. I mean, he's Russian. He probably smoked on the mission, didn't he? You probably could smoke in In the space station. In the Russian uh, spacecraft. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, he's, up, so he's up there you. for days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got <laughs> smoke. <laughs> is it spelled? I thought it was spelled. It's not spelled Hugo, is it? No, it's Yuri. Yuri. Yeah, I you thought are, it was Yuri. You are yeah, Yuri Gagarin. We might yeah. be in autocorrect territory there. Yes, I think maybe. I, I think maybe that's all. Oh, happened. his brother, Hugo. Could be yeah. Hugo. Maybe it's not Yuri Gagarin. Yuri Gagarin's Maybe it's not Yuri Gagarin. Maybe it is Hugo. Yes. Yeah, it's not so good. The, okay. the jealous tobacconist. <laughs> so we've also heard from... I would, I mean, I would be very happy to own a cigarette smoked by Yuri Gagarin. Well, so. you've got other astronaut memorabilia, haven't you? I've got a signed picture from Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. And he was very happy to take that, I seem to recall. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 725 has been in touch. Hi, Frank and team. My parents used to go to a club called the Double Diamond in Caerphilly, South Wales. Mm -hmm. Have I said that right? Yes. For cabaret evenings back in the day. I remember a black and white glossy photo of Anita Harris, which was quite beautiful. She was beautiful. Other acts, such as Gene Pitney and Acker Bilk, performed there too. Wow. Mm. I think they're all dead bah, now. Ha, bah, ha, bah, ha, ha, ha. That's from Tracy Estrad Minach. I've That's just done a made-up Welsh accent. I'm allowed I'm half Welsh. Um, South Wales. We're getting all sorts of these. We've also had... What about I like this? that, though. Yeah. Acker Bilk. We've heard from Lammy. I've never met... I've lived a long time. I've never met another Acker. No. 
Rare. I think it was a, a an abbreviation of something. I think he had a name that was a bit too formal for a jazz clarinetist. Yeah. Mm. So I don't think he was christened Acker. <laughs> Uh, this is from Zero. Uh, Isn't that Johnny Cash song? And if I have a son, I'm going to name him Ecker. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I mean, Bilk. We're ignoring Bilk because if that's yeah. a normal name. Uh, Pierre, did your parents have any celebrity? Any South African people, maybe? I mean, really, any celebrities? I mean, if they didn't if you they have did, celebrities in South Africa. Well, if if we did, they'd they'd be completely incomprehensible to me and the listeners. And, I, um, I think so. I met um, Acker Bilk's arch rival, Kenny Ball. Um, a, a jazz rival. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny Ball and his jazz men. Sure. Uh, in a pub when I was um, in my drinking years. Yes. And um, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to. I oh, took dear. down my uh, all my lower clothing and danced singing Midnight in Moscow, one of his <laughs> big hits. And the other, the, the jazz men thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Kenny looked uneasy, I uh, thought. He thought, where's this escalating to? Yeah, exactly, he probably yeah. did. He probably thought this is one of my big hits here. Okay. And, of course, I once, I must tell this, I went to see West Brom play Dinamo Bucharest in the Cop Winners' Cop, and they were unable to obtain a copy of the um, Romanian national anthem. Oh, yes. And so they played Midnight in Moscow by, um, because they thought, you know, vaguely it's European. Oh, so the men stood there with their hands on their badges. Too relaxing. Yeah, it was, um, it was an odd thing. We've heard from the outside world. We're talking about celebrity memorabilia. I don't know if this quite counts as... Uh, it's not endorsed or signed or personalised, but I enjoyed it, so it's going in. This is from Bev. Bev says, When I was a kid, my mum and dad had a Kevin Keegan rug on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. In case you don't know, Kevin Keegan was a very famous uh, footballer in the 70s. Yes, but a rug. I mean, I there's all sorts of footballers I like, but I... I don't have a Zinchenko rug in my house. He was one of the uh, pioneers of the curly perm. He was. We weren't allowed to walk on the Kevin Keegan rug, and we got done if we did. Mm. What does that mean? They got hurt or No, there would oh. be some sort of uh, parental yeah. uh, punishment. Getting done was was slang on the Isle of Man growing up for being reported to the authorities. Was well, it? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a version done. of that. Eventually... Yeah. They got fed up of telling us and they hung it up on the wall as Quite a picture. Right. <laughs> it's still hung up in their house. I'm 55 now. Like a tapestry. Well, well there used to be a very... Thank you, Bev. I enjoyed that enormously. There was a very lovely old man who used to go to the Albion, no longer with us, sadly. The Albion, I. Um, <laughs> and he used to make rugs. And he made one for Adrian Childs to commemorate um, relegation. <laughs> On you, which I didn't, I didn't see coming. I thought I, like <laughs> I would love to see a punk band called Adrian Charles's Relegation Rug. Yeah. <laughs> I would queue up to see them. Yes. Just, it will come. It will band. come. It's very East London. It will surely isn't come. It? it really is. What about this? Um, the, this is from uh, Alistair. Hi, Frank et al. Long time reader, first time contactor. 
I'm currently cleaning the handrail of the spiral staircase in the Elizabeth Tower, which is more commonly known as Big Ben. Oh, okay. This is making me feel like I'm in some sort of dystopia with the long and winding stairs and constant clanging of bells. It made me think... Okay, Isha painting. Yes. Well, Alastair says, it made me think of a question for Frank, which has been on my mind for years. Is his favourite dystopian novel The Road or A Canticle for Leibovitch, both of which he's given that accolade? Mine's the latter, but neither as good as uh, Tiger Tiger. Um, I haven't read a Tiger no. Tiger. So, do you have a response for Alistair? I would Cleaning say... Big Ben at the moment? I would go Canticle for Leibovitz. There okay. was bits in uh, The Road which I found so disturbing that I had to go out for a walk <laughs> to remind myself <laughs> there were people, in East that there were ordinary people <laughs> doing ordinary things. Yes. Oh, gosh. OK. I like that he's in Big... I meant that mainly because I... What a great thing to be doing on a Saturday morning. Yeah, that's best dystopian novel. Um, yes. But then again, Russell Hoban's um, novel, mm. which is a sort of punch and Judy exist into the post-nuclear future as gods. I can't remember what it's called. It's okay. absolutely fantastic. <laughs> OK, we've got Bill w- uh, Whitmore. Hi, Frank. Uh, on parental autographs, when clearing my dad's stuff out, I found an old autograph book with names of people I barely recognise and I'm not able to decipher. There is Bernard Breslau. Oh, yes. But I've no idea on any of the others. OK. Um, one of them could be Albert Einstein, I wouldn't know. Would you care to... I think Bernard Breslau's a good one. Would you care to explain who that is? Bernard Breslau was a large lumbering um, actor who always played the sort of heavies in films. He was in quite a few carry-on films. Yes, he would always play, he'd be a bit soppy with women. He'd say, I really love you, darling. I could be wrong. I might have gone it, but I think he was the prisoner who had his brain wiped by the master's mind-cleaning machine (laughs) in a John Pertwee uh, story. Oh, here we go. I think um, how, you, how, it might not have been Breslau. You have to mention him every single week. No, I just you asked me about to identify. It might not even be him, but and it, you, it's but off. you somehow managed to get Pertwee in. I did. You I all got... that he will always find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but... I, used to, I used to be on the door at, uh, <laughs> at Claridge's. I always managed to get Pertwee in. Uh, Sorry, you were going to say... I think, Piers, do you have some communique? You're poised yes. to read something. Well, further to your inquiry, Em, <gasps> I'm so sure that my parents would have no celebrity memorabilia. They didn't possess it, but my dad says there was repu- reputedly a photograph of his uncle <laughs> meeting the Queen and Peter Maritzburg at some stage. Well... He was I, caught unawares oh. and had an ice cream behind his back. Oh. oh. God, I just, I'm I surprised he wasn't know. shot by security. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I wouldn't take on Monsieur Novelli. No, but you know, if, if someone approaches the Queen with an ice cream behind their back, <laughs> you're going to be anxious. Frank Skinner. Uh, Embra Ken. Bernard Breslau played Varga in The Ice Warriors. Oh, God. With the second Doctor Who, Patrick Troughton. Oh, so he was, it wasn't him who was the, uh, the, so the brainwashed prisoner. No, no, thank God we've established Neil, that. Neil yeah. McCarthy, apparently. So, oh, thank you. Boys. I had my doubts. Before we 
continue with the show. Mm. I need to discuss something with you because I've actually been dying to discuss this with you both all morning. I'm anxious. How are you? Yeah. I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. Hugh Grant. Oh, yes. Uh, Now, we need to discuss this because he's been accused of something... How can I put this? I feel this might be a hard relate, as the kids would say for you, (laughs) Frank. Okay. Just because there there might have been a little bit of Uh, gittishness. Is that a very bad couple (laughs) counselling session? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's fair to say some thought he was wearing the bit of a git crown this week. Oh, right. And this is to do with his behaviour at the Oscars. I should say, I've struggled to remain impartial on this because Mm. I... I don't know if you know this, Pierre, Hugh Grant is in my top five men. Okay. In the world. Yeah, a lot... You know the others. Henry VIII, Tom Cruise, Mm. uh, Vince Cable, Mm -hmm. and uh, the son of John Darwin disgraced canoe man oh, yes. who faked the, his own death. I based yes. this on one Sunday supplement picture I saw of him <laughs> seven years ago. No, but it's sometimes you see a picture like that and it yeah. really yeah. It, it, it touches something. It really did. It's a motley crew. And, oh, OK. Oh. Yeah, mine is motley crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who well, I'm actually time. seeing soon at Wembley, so that'll be exciting. Yeah. So, and Hugh Grant makes up. <clears throat> I know he does. But I've just always loved him. I've always Fair loved enough, him, yeah. so I have to be honest. Obviously, I saw nothing wrong with this. Uh, we should say witness, something Frank, about quite, yeah. quite what should happened. We, Pierre, yeah. do you want to explain what happened? Well, uh, Hugh Grant was at the Oscars to present one of the... I, I got the impression it was... I can't remember... I put it this way, I can't remember the category of Oscar. It was one of the ad break ones. Mm. OK. Not one of the biggies. It'll be cinematography. Something like that. Yeah. Something underappreciated. Animated yeah. short... Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm like, really. I thought, yeah. I thought you were describing Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd have said more wine sleep if I had to come yeah. up with a pocket oh, description. He looks fabulous. For that. He yeah. was stopped on the red carpet by an interviewer. By the police. Yeah. Well, she's this is <laughs> what the again? Thing. Oh my God! Well, we should say this is the thing. This is the key thing. She's actually she's not a professional interviewer. She's uh, a body. Uh, she's an influencer. She's yeah. a model, isn't she? She's a model and a body positivity activist. Yeah. And a model. Yes, and a model. I right. would argue that they are working at cross purposes. <laughs> oh, well, she's, a, she's, a, she's quite a successful she is. model. She's but very as successful. you say, that doesn't make her. No, Andrew Neal is not... a good interviewer, but it doesn't feel that sets him up for catwalk work. <laughs> Ludwig Kennedy. No. I didn't say, yeah. Luda. <laughs> he was in your friend. dad's address book, yes, certainly. <laughs> Um, we've come back. We haven't really got to what happened no. yet, but we will, Oscar. We will. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Navelli. Text the show on 8 12 15. <laughs> Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Yeah. A bit of Latin mass yeah. in my announcement. Actually outlawed by the Pope, so I won't be doing that again. No. Absolute radio. Um, John Hopkins... <sighs> Hopkins? ..has got in touch regarding celebrity memorabilia. Ah, yes. Um, one of my dad's rugby pals was adamant that he owned a... Was dr- adamant? That's good. <laughs> 
What Has Adam Hunt ever been described as one of my dad's rugby no. pals? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> one of my dad's rugby pals was adamant that he owned a dressing gown which used to belong to the Bishop of Bath and Wells. That is a fabulous piece of memorabilia. He claimed he found it in a hotel. Before big matches, he would wear said dressing gown as a good luck charm. Do you think he got mixed up with the phrase bathrobe? <laughs> I think that's quite a nice sort of medieval issue. This was the robe of a bishop. It will bring it us luck that. in the, the coming bishop fight. Bishop of Bath and Well. <laughs> I like that. That's a great And then Ultra Magnus. I mean, our regulars are really delivering. They always do. Mm. Um, it's in the details. Cardo. Ultra Magnus. <laughs> my wife's grandparents, I mean, I'm already in, my yeah. wife's grandparents, have a newspaper cutting from when Ina Sharples came to visit Witness. Full stop. It's not signed. Oh, you want signed. It's like when you get, you know, when you get to the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. And it's all about the neighbourhood they put you in. And the last time I went, I was led past the Lou Reed guitar and sat underneath a black and white unsigned, um, I think it was Meatloaf. Mm. Well, I remember... Unsigned. I wasn't allowed, as you know, to get autographs because my mum said we weren't allowed to ask friends for autographs. But once I went rogue at our school fete and on the same day, which was lovely, at at my school I got uh, the autographs of Kenneth Williams and violinist Yehudi Menuhin. (laughs) (laughs) Which I like to think summed up in some ways. The many uh, different faces... Um, may I return us to Hugh Grant? You went very high then. Ooh. Did I? I saw an Al- Alsatian in the street jolt and turn. Well, I'm a lady. I speak high. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, we need... To remember that in The Odd Couple when Walter Matto says, I just want to spend some time with people whose voices are higher than ours. They're so <laughs> desperate for female company. <laughs> Uh, Hugh Grant. And that was the Cuckoo Pigeon Sisters, if you remember the film. It's a great film. Carry on, darling. Hugh Grant, he's got in trouble. Mm, I I suppose if I'm completely honest, Frank, I really was very interested to know your take on this. He said, as we've established, it it didn't start well because the interviewer said to him, you're a veteran of the Oscars. And I'm not sure how that went down. Oh, I think that's a compliment, isn't it? Okay. Then, well, I think she intended it to be. I'm just mm. not sure how it was received. And then the big thing was that she says, well, you know, what do you make of tonight? And he She says, said, what do you love about the Oscars, yeah. didn't she? He yeah. said, yeah. He said, well, it's fascinating. The whole of humanity is here. It's not it. true, of course. No. Very select. Said, um, <laughs> completely the opposite point. All, <laughs> and then he paused and he said, it's all about Vanity Fair. To yes. which she replied... Oh, yes, it's all about Vanity Fair. That's where we let our hair down and enjoy ourselves later. Yeah. So that was awkward, wasn't it? Well, I I thought, to be fair to her, the trouble is with saying Vanity Fair is you're either talking about William Makepeace Thackeray's novel, which exposes the triviality of that kind of world, or you're talking about the the celebrity fashion mag, Vanity Fair, which is at the complete opposite end of the scale. And, And crucially, their Oscars after party. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, he, he confused her early. 
He's laid something of a of a of a trap there. Conversationally, it was like when Vinnie Jones took out mm. Steve McManaman early in the <laughs> FA Cup final. And the idea, like exactly that. what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. The idea was to throw. Exactly what you was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of a football a, fan. Yeah, but he's a Fulham fan. Is that is that real? Fulham yeah, that's fans, uh, that's what yeah. celebrities who are too frightened to go to Chelsea <laughs> tend to support Fulham. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. So we're back with Hugh Grant on the red carpet. Yes. And the interviewer then said, uh, have you got your hopes up for anyone? Is there so anyone? anyone you're looking forward to seeing, he said. And to which he said, not particularly. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quite but Skinnerian. Did, yeah, but what he... Maybe she says, what are you wearing? And he says, Frank. My suit. Yes. <laughs> did she say what or who? She said what, um, but everyone knows that what means who. Yeah. And then he said, my tailor, my tailor, yeah. tell you. Yeah. That's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> um, it all got very awkward. She referenced the movie uh, Glass Onion, is it? Yes. And he said, I was in it for about three seconds. <laughs> which, which, if anything, is, is that's probably an overestimation. Really? Yeah, he re- it really is just a sort of brief visual joke really does he it's play not... Daniel oh we don't want to spoil no it actually because that's quite a nice no moment. spoiler so um I think he... what do you overall think well of my this? motto I've been interviewed many 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 times over the last 30 odd years and my motto became quite early on I think just shortly after doing the word for the first time that uh, don't let a bad question get in the way of a good answer <laughs> so it's a bit like when you do an exam you know what, you've got good, interesting stuff to start. It's only that first sentence that needs to twist that into what you've got to say. And he, I think he could have played... If you're at the Oscars, you've got to expect some frippery. Yeah. You know, it's like if I, you can't go to a Premier League game and say, what? Yet another player feigning injury. Why isn't something done about this? You have to, you have to just allow. You no, know, I'm, I'm going to defend you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel that if you can't ask these generic questions, he's mm. a 62 year old man. You don't ask. No offence, but you don't say, "What are you wearing?" Well, it's, you, no, you don't ask the same questions you'd ask Kim Kardashian. But Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant once asked me. One of the most cliched questions. What did, what did he interview you? No. no, he said to me, how did you get my number? <laughs> Which is a very cliched showbiz question. <laughs> and what, <laughs> what happened was um, he, um, he'd been involved in an incident in his car... Well, we know. Yeah, I think the story was that there was... uh, We know the story. His passenger was uh, scratching about for loose change in the loose change dish. Yes. So she could unchain a supermarket trolley. Oh, okay. Um, But the police didn't see it that way. And I'd been to church, been to mass in... uh, I was in America. Mm. And I went to church and the priest's uh, homily was all about how Hugh Grant was an example of the moral corruption of the modern world. Sure. So I thought, I'll tell him this. <laughs> so I was trying to get him on my chat show to come and do his, like, uh, 
meer culpa, meer culpa, meer culpa thing. Oh, yeah. So I phoned him up and he said, look, I'm in my house here. The curtains are drawn because there's paparazzi outside. How did you get this number? I oh. said, oh, it's fine, just somebody. And we had a bit of a chat. He was all right, actually. Yeah. But um, he, he said no to the show. But it wasn't his first Is trouble it? with phones. No. Well, th- they were saying... It, it, it sort of provoked this huge debate. There was, I think, in the Washington Post, there was an article, and the headline was, "Was Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant being rude or just British?" <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a very None fine taken. line. Not yes. taken, dear. Imagine yeah. if we said that. Yeah. Well, we do say quite a lot of things about the Americans. To be fair, <laughs> I think it's sort of a mutual yes. uh, thing. I saw it Is described. Is Trump vulgar or just American? But what about this? I saw a description of it as the worst interview of all time. Did you? No. Which is in direct refutation of a letter I got from the actor Gene Wilder, <laughs> who said that my interview with him <laughs> was the worst interview Did of all time. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you not no. know about the letter? No. Oh, gather round the fireside, frankly. Let's come back to that. Oh, no, let's not. Oh, this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We um we discussed the notion of smoking on space stations. Yeah, oh, yes. And the proliferation of smoking in the in say the seventies, and we've got a good uh, email about it. Hi, Frank, Emily, and Pierre. I thought I'd share with you the most seventies story ever. Big claim. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. My dad went to the doctor with a bad chesty cough. The doctor, who had a glass ashtray on his desk... <laughs> Love him. ...said... Or her. How many cigarettes a day are you smoking, John? <laughs> to which my dad replied, 80. <gasps> the doctor then said, It's quite a lot, and maybe the cause of your cough. Have you considered switching to cigars? <laughs> <laughs> Different times. Yours healthily, Eddie, from Colston. I love Eddie. Is he from Colston? Hmm? Frank. Colston. Eddie from Colston. Oh, yeah. Do you know about this, Pierre? No. Frank says, Oh, God. What we used it for, for cool, you know? <laughs> Coulston for Frank Coulston. says it as an expression oh. and he's trying to make it take off that you'll say, oh, Coulston. Yeah. Oh, Coulston. Oh, I see. I see. I had, a, I had an old Charlie Bocken's Football Monthly with an advert by Stanley Matthews, who's a big star player of the day, saying, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm a professional athlete, so I smoke these new tipped cigarettes. <laughs> 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 He's an extremist, one of those health nuts, Stanley Matthews. <laughs> Played till he was 50. Wow. Yeah, I know, exactly. So. Frank, uh, I want to yes. take... Oh, actually, very quickly, could you just remind... Let's just round that up with Hugh Grant. I won't mm. have a word said against him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <coughs> I, if anyone I was offended, I didn't have a, I I didn't have a problem with it. It was, uh, it was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um... How often do you say that about the Oscars? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Frank, could you briefly, though, just for anyone who's unaware, let's end this with the Gene, the moment Gene Wilder contacted yes. you. Um, I sent we. I used to send out a standard thank you letter to people. Thank you. For, I really enjoyed the interview and stuff. And he, I got a letter back from um, uh, Gene Wilder. <laughs> Wonka. Was it personally written? From the desk of Willy Wonka. <laughs> Wonka, yeah. Was he handwritten? Handwritten. Saying, I, I cannot believe you have the audacity 
to write and thank me for what was the worst interview I've ever done in my life. You showed three film clips, no, two film clips, none of which I was in. Um, you blah, blah, and it gave me a, a systematic destruction God. of the thing. But um, So that you didn't get the factory in the end? He said to me, no. He said I didn't get the golden ticket. So it's no. Just before... Um, I did that interview. He said, "By the way, I'm an actor. I'm not funny, you know. Unless there's a script, I'm not funny." Mm. Oh! And I thought, well, leave this to me, Gene. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a rubbish interview, to be fair. Oh. I hadn't learned how to do it in those days. Mm. Did you? Apply? I was a bit Ashley Graham. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but it takes what you don't, you know, you don't learn did it overnight. You said, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that to Jean. But I just, it's all my favourite bits... It's just, a, it's a difficult job. All my favourite bits from his films um, didn't include him. <laughs> and But I thought I'll show him anyway. Mm. I thought he'll be OK with it. You know, he seems a friendly, warm-hearted kind of a guy. Mm. Anyway, no longer with us. OK. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> Uh, Frank, you have been talking about Lenny the Lion. Well, I was last week. Was yeah. it just the one show? It feels like more. No, anyway. well, I went on a bit. Well, I'd, I'd never seen him, and I, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> Terrifying looking Lenny thing. the Lion was a... Uh, it was a, a All right, Terry Hall well. and Lenny the Lion was a ventriloquist act from the uh, 60s and 70s. And I th- as I said, I think he went on into child literacy. Mm-hmm. So, like so many performers nowadays, he became an activist. But you say he went on. <laughs> well, Lenny. How much control he had over his career. On his Twitter feed, it says, Lenny the Lion, um, actor and activist. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. It's like um, Ashley Graham. Well, maybe, I um, don't know. I, I, I haven't heard Lion. of her before this week. So. Lenny the Lion, it turns out, is something of a favourite with our readers. Really? Hmm. Okay. What does that tell you? Well, we'll soon find out. Okay. Paul Pinfold Jr. has okay. got in touch. Yeah. I bet he gets a lot of danger mouse uh, remarks. <laughs> With annoying. photographic evidence, oh. which I will be showing you. Hi, Frank, Emily and Pierre. Really funny. Oh, sorry, he gave some praise. I do apologise. I won't read that out. Re-Lenny the Lion. I love an email. Subject line, re-Lenny the Lion. Yes. Here's a photo, which he's enclosed, of my little brother Lee and myself with Lenny. It's a marvellous photo. I'm the one at the back and my brother is holding the hand. Lol. Oh, he's holding the human hand. Hold- terrifying yeah. single the terrifying human hand. Yeah. The this human was- hand on the lion. <laughs> this was it. <laughs> Some of them he don't eat, he just strangles. Like- <laughs> that was like a sentence from the book of Revelation. Yeah. And the lion shall have a human hand. <laughs> uh, this and was- he shall teach the young of the <laughs> tribe to Read. <laughs> uh. Oh dear. This was in 1980 in Coventry at the Duncow pub in Donchurch. All right, we're not the police. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was nine, I'm 52 next month. Oh. Interesting facts Terry Hall from Alden. Okay. Originally. Didn't know that. Yeah, that was, that was Lenny the Lion. 
was he was called he was Terry the op- Hall. Terry Hall yeah. was the operator. Yeah, mm. the operator. Yes, his friend. Yeah, who suspiciously <laughs> had exactly the same ring size <laughs> as Lenny the Lion. LT Lion. Letter for Mr. LT Lion. Lieutenant Lion. Go on, please I continue. Are we ever going to get through this one? <laughs> stop, stop being so funny, OK? Um, anyway, Terry Hall was Mr LT Lion. Yes. Mm. He was his best friend, he, I yeah. believe. Oh, I didn't remember, know it was that kind of relationship. I remember I said I was, I was on after the Sooty show and I said, do you operate um, yeah. Sweep? And the woman said, no, I'm his best friend. That was mm. it. Um, he's no longer with us, I said, what's he really like? Yes. Yeah. Who's no longer he with was, us? Terry Hall now. Yeah. Lenny, was, I think, is still. Is Lenny still uh, working with another? Well, I have to find the zoo. Another best friend. He was the. Fu- oh, you don't think so? Well, Did they get a new friend? Sooty got a few new friends, mm. as did. Um, oh, the was it like that? <laughs> Brosh. He was the first ventriloquist to use a non-human puppet. Did you know that? I didn't oh. know that. Was I that didn't realise any of them were human. <laughs> What did they use? The grave robbers. <laughs> it was a very controversial art form. Yes, I like, I like the ventriloquists, but the cadaver had seen better days. The disemboweling the aspect of, of it, I didn't like. <laughs> we all remember Burke and Hare's music hall act. Oh, yeah, knock, knock. <laughs> Oh, man, I went there. I had a box <laughs> at the theatre. <laughs> you know, they were buried on the same day. Were they? Well, executed on the same day. Oh. But they were nice. worried if they didn't, that they'd keep digging each other up. Ventriloquists <laughs> <laughs> to keep digging. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're still... Well, I'm, I'm saying I'd like to stay... In the area of this show we call previously. Yes, yeah, so we, people um, send us stuff about things that happened last week. Now, do you both remember uh, we talked about tribute bands yes. quite a bit? Yes. Specifically, a Rod Stewart tribute. Oh, yes, Odd, Odd Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've had this in. Having listened to Frank's latest programme, I like Frank's latest programme. Yeah. <laughs> I quite points of view. I thought he might like to hear from dot 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 Odd Stewart himself. Goodness. <laughs> mm. My name is Peter O'Donnell, hence Odd Stewart. Oh, O.D. O.D. Oh, Do you get God, it? It's much more intricate than I thought. Sort of I Da Vinci Code. Yeah. I can't believe we've heard from the actual OD himself. I've been a fan of Rod since the early days of The Faces when I had a band called Casino. Nice. I've met Rod several times as I was the resident band at the Ritz for 12 years. Oh, come on. Which Ritz, though? (laughs) I don't know that. Surely, surely. There's only one. There can be only one. I think you'll find that's incorrect. Well, it's incorrect in some ways. But anyway, it's still great to to be the resident band for that long. It's clearly Imagine how friendly you'd be with the front of house. Yeah. I'm not talking about Ritz Coltons here. No. These are vulgar. And I even had him join me on stage to do a number. That's really something. He continues, um, 
In terms of tribute acts, I also do an Everly Brothers act as O'Donnell and Sapsford, although we could be called the Neverly Brothers as yeah. we play together and sing in harmony, but are not brothers. OK. I don't think the Everly Brothers were ever in harmony. They despised each other. Did they, so. I think they're in the chair. They're in the double chair for double acts, who don't, uh, people who don't like each other. Well, Simon and Garfunkel as well, Yeah, Lots of double acts, but brothers, in, when they get it, they really like the Davis brothers in The Kinks. Cain and, 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 um, and Abel. And, of course... They um, didn't get on, did they? No. <laughs> no. Great singers, though. No, but at least, you know, I mean... The Gallagher brothers made a bit more of a go of it than Kane and Abel. <laughs> Did they? I think so. Liam, Liam never being lured into a field as easily. <laughs> Did he lure him into a field? Who was the who was the villain? Kane or Abel? Kane killed Abel. Oh, that's oh, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't they didn't kill in alphabetical order in those days. <laughs> Breaking news. Listen, <laughs> exactly. Listen, Peter O'Donnell just finishes up. I like this Peter O'Donnell. Charming man. He sent some lovely photographs of him with Rod. Oh, nice. Okay, so I'll show those to you. Well done, you. Thanks for the mention, Frank. I love watching repeats of you on Room 101. And I'm glad to... Listen, I'm glad to discover you're now on the radio. Yeah. (laughs) That's from Peter. So, little sting in the tail. A shot shot across the bowels from Hodge Stewart. I didn't mean it. But um, it's quite an ending. I thought I was out of range, but he got me in the shoulder as I went over the horizon. P.S., Frank. Oh, God, there's a P.S. (laughs) Don't hit a man when he's down. Go on. They have a meat raffle every Sunday at 5.30. There was an interval at the show at the Nags Head. They have a meat raffle every Sunday at 5.30. So if you want to enter that, now you're not on the telly, maybe. It might be a nice thing for you. Yeah. Um, So thank you, Peter. Rod Skewered. (laughs) Um, well, anyway, thanks, uh, thanks, Rod. <laughs> oh, it's hard. Thanks, hard. Do you think uh, Sean Connery said that at the end of Goldfinger? Thanks, hard. Good Cheers. working with you. Cheers, Otto. You don't get to keep the hat. I don't get to keep no. So, um, episode seven of Frank Skinner's Poetry Podcast is out on Wednesday. It's Kay Ryan this week. Kay Ryan believes that we all carry with us an invisible ladder that we don't know about. And that's why we cause so much chaos and damage and hurt wherever we go. But it also gives us the power to ascend and reach that fruit we wouldn't otherwise reach. Listen to that. Download it from wherever you get your podcast. Episode two of um, Swift and Pope is on Sky Arts, eight o'clock. Me and Denise uh, Minor, brilliant. <laughs> um, and um, and I'm on Loose Ends tonight on Radio Four. So you know what? I'm everywhere. Hear that, odd? <laughs> <laughs> and if the anyway, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. I wonder if there'll be a meat raffle on Loose Ends, <laughs> Scrag Ends, maybe. <laughs> Absolute Radio.